There is certainly a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost here this morning. Isn't there? Do you feel what I'm feeling this morning? Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody here uh, this morning. Uh, it's good to see Sister Phyllis. Am I, I'm, my, I'm right on, right? The name. I, I, I didn't, I'm really bad with names, so, but uh, I, I, it's good to see you. I am uh, hoping everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, I know that I, I feel uh, like I can't hardly walk this morning and weighed down. I, I just want to go somewhere and hibernate. Um, you know, I love Thanksgiving. I hate turkey. It's a foul bird. Uh, Do you get that? I, uh, so I, I didn't spend any time this week eating, eating turkey. I, I ate a piece of turkey about uh, one-fourth by one-fourth inch wide because my wife forced me to eat it. Uh, but I, I spent my time and energy uh, seeking after uh, all sorts of pies. Everything that was not good for you, I, 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 I sought after it. And uh, it's really no different than any other day. And uh, But uh, I was thankful to be with my family this week. And uh, I had 20-something people. Ten of them were kids. And uh, they was from 17 down to four. And um, I, I don't think it's the food that done me in. It was probably the kids. And uh, But I'm thankful for them. I do have a, uh, a testimony. Uh, my, my I got word last night that my cousin... In Florida, uh, went missing. He, they found his truck, and uh, they, uh, they, they. He was like 19. They found his truck, but they could not find him. And uh, they tried to call his cell phone, and somebody would answer his phone, but they would wouldn't speak. And so there, I they called me, and I prayed. Uh, a lot of the family prayed. I stayed up half the night praying for that, and I guess they found him. This morning, I don't know the details, but I'm thankful that God uh, knew where He was at, and uh, God is a big God, isn't He? This morning, I want to I want to uh, go into the Word of the Lord. I, I actually am just going to read this scripture, Isaiah six one through five. Um, this uh, this is really I was going to change this scripture, but I'll just read it since I gave it to you, Isaiah six one through five. I think it's very fitting this morning. Uh, there's a, a good spirit of worship here this morning. Um, I know that you all are tired and uh, I, uh, that you want to get home and eat leftovers. And uh, the Lord will probably be eating leftovers for a month. I'll be ready for something new, even if it's like something pizza rolls or something. I, yeah. So, but I know you're tired, and uh, I, I want to, but I want. Uh, to get into this this morning, and there's a sweet uh, spirit in here this morning. There's a, uh, with, with that kind of spirit, there's always a, a great reception to the Word of God. It, it, um, I'm not. You're not going to shout this morning. I mean, if you do, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But uh, I, I just want you to receive what God has for us this morning. Um, some of this I, I got. Uh, Brother Jeff Arnold wrote a book called The Why and Wonder of Worship and I got some of this out of that book and I added some of my own thing which could not be added but I am tried my best not to plagiarize his messages in his book but 
it's too good to pass up. He's, he's such a great man of God. And uh, I want to talk to you this morning about God is looking for worshipers in this last day. God is certainly, he, he, that, that's, all on, that's what's on his mind, is, is men and women to worship him. And it's not so much about worship. He don't need worship. He's not on a, and I'm here I am preaching my message, and I'll probably bring this up again. He's not looking for someone to boost his ego. The God that I serve doesn't have to have somebody to tell him that he's doing a good job to know it. He's very, the God that I serve, Sister Phyllis, is a very secure God. He's not, he doesn't have an inferiority complex. He doesn't, he doesn't find himself one day getting up in the morning going, man, I wish I had a bunch of people to tell me how good I am or tell me that I'm worthy. And we, we here I go preaching before I go. Can I, I'll tell you, I, I do feel a preaching spirit coming on me. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the, also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and the twa- with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke, and said I... Now listen... The Bible says what moved the post of the door was the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke, and said, I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. You You may be seated. I had said it before, I want to talk about God is looking for worshipers. That's exactly this morning what He is after. Uh, The peril of Pentecost, the problem in Pentecost, is that we have the greatest thing in the world that feels better than anything in this world that can offer. The the world cannot offer anything better than what we feel here this morning. You can take a drug and it'll take you into the clouds. What you think is taking you into the clouds and make you forget about every little problem and every bit of issue you've got. Every, all the problems that's come on you. Uh, you can drink alcohol and for a, for a little bit it will make you forget about your problems and, and what you're having to face tomorrow. But can I tell you this morning that you will never find anything greater than what you feel when you're in the presence of the Holy Ghost. That's, that's, good, that's, as, that's as good as I got this morning. You're not going to find anything greater than this apostolic church. You're not going to find anything greater than the truth. Anything outside of the truth is fake, false, Everything will be destroyed. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will never pass away. You'll never find anything greater than His Word. But the problem in Pentecost is we have become addicted to a feeling or the feeling of of the presence or the, uh, the good feeling instead of being addicted 
to the, uh, the presence of God. In other words, we run on emotions. And the problem with running on emotions is, uh, or basing whether we worship God on emotions, is because the problem with that is our emotions fluctuate. And there's a huge problem with our emotions because right before Thanksgiving and we got family all coming in, we all feel really good and we, we get to be around the people that we love for the most part. And... Uh, we're all happy when we're sitting around the t- table and there's Starbucks coffee and, and nice hot apple pie and, and, and pumpkin pie and good smoked ham and all that thing. It's, I'm making you all smile right now. But after we, a couple days later and the ham doesn't taste like it did when you made it and the, and the apple pie is all, all uh, crusted up and it's got mold on it, we look at it and we just want to get rid of everything. And the memories of Thanksgiving and holidays and Christmas that once was good, we just want to kick them out the door. And everything's not feeling so good. And the problem with people is they worship feeling instead of worshiping the presence of God. And our feelings and our emotions change. And if we base whether we worship by our emotions, then there's going to be days that we don't feel like worshiping and there's not going to be a wor- the time of worship in our life. The problem with us is, is we need to understand that we got to worship God for who He is regardless how much hell we're going through at the time in our life. Because I can't base uh, on worshiping God how I feel right now because I'm telling you, I'm pretty tired right now. I, I'm a little lethargic right now. But I'm telling you that the, the God seeks after people that worship Him in adversity. That's why God sought after Job. Everything around Job fell and Job still worshiped God. He lost his children. He worshiped God. He lost his house and his servants. He lost everything and he had somebody reminded him in his face what he lost. He had a family that said you should curse God and die. But God chose Job because he had the ability to rise up out of emotion and saying, you know what? God is worthy anyway. I got boils on my body. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Worship. It, it's a gift of God. It, 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 it's, it, it's a gift to man and to man only. Only men can worship God. Animals cannot worship God. They can praise God. Oh, you're probably thinking I'm crazy, don't you? But the Bible says, Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. The mere fact that there is life in the bodies of those animals gives tribute to the one that gave them life. An animal can praise God. He said, Let everything praise God. Matter of fact, the symbols can praise God. The strings, the high strings can praise God. Everybody can praise God. The drunk on the corner, the, uh, the adulterous woman, the, uh, the, the prostitutes, anybody can praise God. But not just anybody can worship God. Because the Bible says, they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit 
and in truth. And in order to have spirit and truth, you have to know Him. And for me to worship God, I have to know Him. So how do I know Him? Through His salvation, through the death, burial, and resurrection. So people can only worship God through, through, through knowing Him and through spirit and in truth. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. They can't praise Him for what He has done. Uh, but they, they, and must, uh, that must, excuse me, let me go back. Angels worship God because they behold Him. They worship Him for what He is. They cannot worship God or praise God for what He has done. He didn't die for them. They can only worship and praise Him for what He, or for, for who He is and being in His presence. We must, that, that comes into our economy. We must praise Him for what He has done for, our, for the salvation. And I don't think we worship Him enough. I think that it's in order this morning to understand that if we would, uh, we would worship Him on the magnitude of what He has done, we wouldn't stop worshiping Him. We're worshiping Him. We would walk around all day long and, and bask in His presence because I, I don't know about you this morning, but where He's brought me from is a long way. I don't know what pit that He has brought you out of, but I'm telling you what, if it wasn't for His death, burial, and resurrection, Brother Sebastian, I would be lost and dying and going to hell. I, I wouldn't be here. So I, I've got to understand that I, it's my honor to worship God. You can say, well, I'm not a very emotional individual. Hogwash. You got kids? You, you have emotions. You can't, if you got kids, you've been angry. You, if you got kids, you've been violent. Somebody in here, I don't even mention, I'm going to punch you. You know, people people sit on our church benches and they say, well, I just, I, I, it's just not my, it's it's not my nature to worship God. Yeah, or, or be exuberant. It's, I'm not a runner. I just, I just don't like to, to, to lift my hands and worship and, and do all this. Can I tell you, you're not desperate enough? Ooh. Did you... Did you feel that? This, it was like someone just air punched me, didn't he? You know what? You know what it tells me. Oh, I'm gonna. You, you know what it tells me when people do not worship God, they're not impressed with Him. Because you people react to things they're impressed with. Oh, you you sit right back on a pew and you won't move. But you, some of you guys are pride, too much pride. Not here. I'm just making believe that I'll just preach to the guys in empty pews. You don't you don't make any kind of emotion toward. Wait wait until you kill a, a a buck that has a 30 inch spread in the middle, and he's got 30 points uh, on his head. You think for one moment those people would sit in that tree stand and go, "Well, I can't wait to get home and get me a bologna sandwich." You guys would fall out of a tree. You would be on a cell phone calling everybody. You would call the newspaper. Come out and take pictures. You would be dancing all around. 
And, and some of you people, I don't, I don't get emotion, emotional. Wait till you find a nice little dress at Cato for $3 instead of paying $70 for it. I get all excited when I find a pair of shoes at the Goodwill. And I call my wife. Oh, you can laugh all you want to, but if Ding, what's that guy's name that conned all those people with those big checks? If he showed up at your door with, and saying, oh, you, you've won $10 million with movie cameras. You have all rollers in your hair, and you look like you just got pulled through a knot hole. You, just, you look like you've been beat up. Ten, you have won $10 million. they got a camera in your face, and you got... 70 million people watching you on national TV and you're gonna, your face is going to be plastic. Do you think you're going to run and go, wait, I'm going to go in and comb my hair and act real prim and proper and come out. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go absolutely crazy. you got something greater than all the gold in this world. That that check will burn and that dear trophy will burn and it will falter and everything around you that you own will die and it'll, it, it'll just be dismantled and destroyed. But the thing that we've got, the eternal salvation, when this Jesus that I know pulled a cross up Calvary's hill when I wasn't worth dying for. And He saw fit to say I love Him even though He's worthless even though that He has failed me time after time, I'm going to give Him eternal life. And you sit there and go, I'm not impressed. Oh. <laughs> you know, people spend, people spend their whole life giving themselves to other things. Um, let me. I'll, I'll go there in a minute. Worship. Worship was a gift that God gave Adam. No other creature creature had it. And when man sinned, he cast down the instrument of worship. Imagine what he threw away. Imagine the emptiness. The worship was was the greatest thing that he had. You know what worship truly is? It's spending time with God. You act, you, you act, you, you act uh, in communication with somebody else and invest in time. And I, uh, I'm not saying we're supposed to worship one another. That, absolutely not. We're not supposed to worship anything else. But when you communicate with somebody, you're giving yourself to somebody. God likened the relationship between the church and Him like a bride and her husband. And when you give yourself to each other, that is, that is a, the most incredible form of worship, intimacy. Giving to Him and letting Him in return give back to you. And you, you love Him and you can talk. Adam threw it away. He threw all the intimacy away. He had nobody to talk to. Nobody to speak to, to speak to and give. Oh, he had he had his wife, but there wasn't nobody to explain things. This is why I made this, and this is why I gave you that. He lost it. He threw it all away. 
And he threw that down. Thus God, he was deprived of worship, which is the only thing that he desires. When Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, it was left, it left a, a void of a worship leader. And then God, he, he finds a way. You hear me. I want you to hear me. Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven. And God said, if I can't find somebody to communicate with, if he's going to throw what I have given him away, I will find somebody else. So what he did was he took the time with his imagination and he, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. And when he breathed his own breath into Adam, he imparted in, in, into him the, the, a want to to create it within every man and every woman, regardless if they call themselves uh, 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 an atheist or whatever they say they are, they still have in their heart a will in their heart to worship God. You put a man or a woman on a deserted island, he don't know God, he don't know anything about Jesus, you know the first thing he'll do right after he finds something to put in his belly and eat? You know what he'll do? He'll find something to make a God out of. They did, they did back in the... Or they, they still do. I remember flying above the Philippine Islands. There's thousands of islands. And the, the, uh, the guy that, or the pilot, you know, the pilot talks to you, describes what's down there. He said there was tribes, tribes after tribes, thousands of tribes that really has never really had any contact with uh, civilization. Every one of those people, none of them, most of them have never heard the name of Jesus. But you can guarantee they have found a piece of wood and they have carved what they call a God. They are looking for something. And the people in this world today, they will gather in stadiums. And I'm not against football and all that, but they will, they will gather in stadiums. Right now they have paid $1,200, up to $1,200 for seats and $40 to park and $40 for a bag of popcorn and $10 for a Coke because they want something, they want somebody that they can, they can say, go, yeah, throw the football, make a touchdown, I love it. I, I love it. I love watching football. I'm not against it. Don't think I am. Not, I'm against it. I love it. But those people are searching for something. They, but the bad thing is the, that fix is only temporarily. A, a few weeks ago, uh, a few weeks ago I was st doing some studying, and uh, I was... Uh, Studying on uh, Laban. Does anybody know who Laban is? Does any, boy, you all, we're going to have to bring the Sunday school teachers back up here. Laban was the uncle of Jacob. Jacob shows up at Laban's house and he falls in love with the daughter of Laban. I know it's his own cousin. It's pretty... No, he better not say that. He falls in love with Rachel, and he, 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 he sets his eyes on her, and he, he wants to marry her. Laban says, well, I'll let you marry her if you work for me for seven years. Well, he works for seven years and figures out he marries Leah. He don't love Leah. He don't want anything to do with Leah. She probably was not much to look at. He always, he didn't something had guys shallow. He always went after the better looking sister. That's a joke, folks. I'm trying to wake you up. 
So he, he wakes up and he finds out that he marries the wrong sister. But he still loves Rachel and he's after Rachel. So he says, yeah, I'll work for another seven years. Well, he works for another seven years to get the one that he really likes. And he got to thinking, well, what if Laban does this to me again? So up in the middle of the night, after years of working for him, he, he pursues and he tries to hide from him. And the next morning, Laban wakes up in the morning and he realizes that his, his son-in-law, Jacob, is gone uh, and his daughters are gone and some of his servants are gone and he gets so irritated. Let me, I'm, I'm, but if you study that story, you know what the thing that irritated Laban the most? You know what it was? His daughter, he could care less. They were used to giving their daughters away all the time. It, it didn't bother them. It wasn't his servants. He had more servants. He was wealthy. He was rich. He was missing a, an idol. I don't know what it was, carved out of wood, stone, and he was missing it. And he got so angry that in the middle of his anger, he just tears out of there, and for seven days of pursuit, night and day, he pursued. He wasn't, pursu- he wasn't pursuing Jacob. He, 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 it had nothing really to do with Jacob. It really wasn't anything to do with his daughters. It wasn't anything to do with his servants. He, he, was, he, he was so married to that piece of artifact that he had, that he found, that somebody made him, or he made him, and, and he went after seven days' pursuit. Pretty shallow, isn't it? And on the sixth day, God speaks to him. He said, I don't want you to harm Jacob. Don't speak ill to him, blah, blah, blah. Tells him that. And on the seventh day, he finds Jacob. And he gets to Jacob. And Jacob is fearful of his life. He knows Laban's mad. He's taken Laban's daughter. He's taken Laban's uh, servants. He gets so angry. And Laban says, don't worry. I'm not going to harm you. Because last night, your God spoke to me. And said not to harm you. So I'm not. But if you, if you study that story, he said, where's, where's my idol at? Remember Rebecca was sitting on it? Sitting on the, the thing that, that, the, the box that held it? She's like, I don't know where it's at. Listen, here's, here's the moral of that story. Here, listen to this. For seven days... He sought after a piece of wood for seven days. Insanely mad, angry. And on the sixth day, for the first time, a God says, Hey, Laban. For the first time in his life, a God, the only God, speaks to him. He went as far, Lamar, to answer him. And then he went as far as to do what God said. His God had never spoke peace in his life. His God not one time ever spoke to him. His God never gave him any kind of true comfort. Where are you going to get comfort out of something that will burn, something that will rot? There's nothing in it. He had night after night, he had got on his knees and he had prayed to that artifact 
and he would ask you questions, and not one time did it speak to him. And for the first time in his life, a God speaks to him and gave interest in him and wanted to commune with him. And he went as far as to listen. And he, he any normal person would have said that that God doesn't mean anything. You've never son, this, uh, done anything for me. You've never invested anything in me. But for the first time, God spoke to me. The problem with people... And he still turned around and he said, Where is my God? How many people have walked into this place? A powerful move of God. They sit on our pews. And they come in here and they've never felt like this before. And they, they was pursuing something. They were pursuing their God. And on their way here, God speaks to them and says, I love you. I, I don't do this. And they obey Him for a while. But they, be, they still seek after a God or after something that has never given back to them. Don't answer, but how many of you have ever done that? How many have we how many times have we pursued things that never will give back to us? We waste our energy in giving back or trying to find something that will fulfill the void. And we worship things that never give to us. And we put them on pedestals. The prodigal son. Do you know what the biggest problem with the prodigal son was? When he left his father's house and spent everything that he had? He was starving to death. He had nowhere to go. He was starving to death. And he found himself in a pig pen. And he was feeding pigs. You know what I'd have done? I said, find me a knife, a billy club somewhere. I'd, I, if you're a vegetarian, I'm sorry. I'd have found a, a, a knife or something, and I'd have cut one up and had a bacon sandwich. I'd had a, I'd had a pork shoulder. Found a fire. But he was a Jew. And he couldn't eat it. And he found himself feeding something that couldn't give him back life. He was investing himself. He was dying. He was starving. And he, he, he couldn't get any life out of what he was feeding. The problem with people is that they're worshiping things and investing themselves in things that will never give them life. I, I don't want to put everything uh, that I give everything that I've got to things that won't give back to me. The only thing that'll ever give back to me, Brother Krause, is God. God. I feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning. Only true worship will satisfy the soul. Man who was hungry for God but lost his way created, uh, created religion. People create things that, and, and, that... People create religions that fit the way they like to live. That's, the prob, that's a big problem in our, in, our, in our day. I guess that's the way it's always been. They, 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 they worship things. They go, oh, I don't really have to answer to you or be responsible for you. And I have an, I have an aunt. She... She constantly, she, I don't want to offend anybody here, so don't, please don't take offense to this. This is just, I'm making an example. And I know smoking cigarettes is not the worst thing on the planet. But it's, it's, it's not good. 
I know there's no scripture in the Bible that say you can't smoke cigarettes. I know it. But the Bible does say that the temple, of uh, your temple is uh, the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you shouldn't defile it. So we shouldn't do that. But it goes the same for overeating and indulging in things that we shouldn't eat. But that doesn't get preached on because we don't like that. But I'm channeling, now I'm channeling Brother Robertson. Hold on. I can't do the the British I can do the British accent, but I'd mess it up and I'd start talking Irish or something like that, so I'm not even gonna attempt it. But she says I can't quit smoking. This is her thing. I cannot quit smoking. I just can't do it. And God had delivered her twice before. She went right back to it. She just, I'll tell you what, I'm burning up. She's like, I just cannot quit. It's just, I'm addicted. I can't quit. God help me, help me, help me, help me. God help me. Pray for me. Family, pray for me. Every, people. She, st- she started changing her tune. She started making excuses. This is what she said. I've come to the cl- conclusion God had spoke to me and said He loves everybody. He died for the sinners. And whatever I do, whatever I do, it's all right. He still loves me. I'm not saved by works. I'm saved by His grace. She puts this on Facebook. And she said, if I want to smoke, I can smoke and still be right with God. I, you know what I wrote to her? I was so ticked off. You know what I wrote to her? I write out in the open. I said, I want to thank you for setting me free. Because if my kids ever get on meth or cocaine or crack or shoot heroin in their veins, I said, I want to let you know that I don't really have to pray for my kids because they can make it to heaven. You just gave them a license to do it and live however they want to live. Well, it doesn't doesn't really matter what you do as long as... No, Jesus told the woman that was thrown at her feet, was was caught in the act of adultery when the, the, the law said stone her. Stone her and kill her, and they had every right to by the law. But He looked at her and He forgave her. But He said one thing. To her right before she walked, he walks away, he said, I forgive you, but stop doing what you're doing. Go and sin no more. Stop doing what you're... Stop acting. Stop living. Stop looking like... Quit being a part of what you're... But see, people build religions because it's convenient. Well, I'll go to this church because... I really, I really, really like to do this. And they don't preach against this. I like to worship here because the requirements of worshiping here is easy. Oh, I'm telling you the truth right now. And more people jump churches and jump ship and walk away because they see something. Well, I don't, I don't really agree with what he said. I, I can go down there. Can I tell you that this is one church? And one set of rules. This pastor may have certain things, platform etiquette that he asked, and, and certain things that the pa- pastor down the road had. But I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to really so much answer to him. Oh, you'll answer to what he's preached out of the book, and it's been truth. You're not going to... But when you get to heaven and God says, Hey, you tried, to, you tried to get by with some things, and you tried to hide it in your heart and act like you didn't really know, but here's... I'm going to unfold this, and He's going to reveal to you and to everybody else what you knew and what you rebelled against. 
I think I'm getting off of what I was supposed to stop trying to stop trying to have an easy out in worship. I was reading Abraham when Abraham was going to to the mountain to to um, to give his son. When God spoke to him, he said, "Get up, take Isaac, thine only son, and go." Uh, I want you to sacrifice him. You know what? He come. I, I forget exactly. It was it the Moabites? Did, did Abraham come from that? Was someone like that? I, I was. Lot come from Moabites. Abraham come from uh, 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 Chaldeans. And you know what they did to their with their gods for their gods? They sacrifice their firstborn children. And chances are, Abraham said, I, I've seen this before. It's really no big deal. Matter of fact, I lost, I'm just saying, it could, could be, Abraham, I lost my own brother. Because he was given to false gods. And this, this is no big deal for me. And just maybe God was telling Abraham, it's, it's, and Abraham's like, well, it's a sacrifice, but I mean, this is the way we've always done it. Uncle such and such was... Uh, done his kids like that, and I got cousins and nieces and nephews and stuff that's been given to their gods. Their people sacrifice their children. And so could it be that God was saying, well, Abraham, your family was used to worship in this way. I want to see what you'll give me. What you would, what you would possibly be willing to give to another god. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so he put the test to him. And right before he, was, he saw Abraham willing to put a dagger in his own son's heart, God says, no, I don't need that. Jerked him back. I don't need that kind of sacrifice. I'll make my own self a sacrifice. You don't have to do that. And a lot of times God is wanting, putting us to test to see what we're willing to do for him and how much we're willing to worship him. Because, let's be honest, folks, we dance for the world How many headbangers in here? Ex-headbangers. Some of those groups, I know them. I'm a, I'm, I was a musician. I knew all of them. I'd study. I, so how many even like, uh, don't answer, KISS and ACDC and Journey and Air Supply and, and for some of you thugs, uh, you uh, Tupac. And God says, I, I, let's, you, you danced and you, you got on the, uh, the table up at the bar and you done a two-step and you sang karaoke. And... Hey, I'm just t- trying to touch all the bases. Leslie, don't, you, can read, you can get me on me when you get home. You just tell me I did a bad job. Just don't take my confidence away. And then God sees it. Well, you spent your emotions here. You, you, uh, you gave to this God. Brother Kraus, I knew you were singing Hank Williams Jr. at Kilroy's, 1985. And uh, you weren't even, was you, you was two. We'll have to bump it up a couple. 
too. That he started out age. He was a child prodigy, country music star. You see, you gave, you gave, and you did whatever. You know I'm telling the truth. And some of y'all were absolutely wild and crazy, but all of a sudden you get to the church, you go, prim and proper. I, I'm reserved. Yeah, change me. I don't, I don't get excited. You know what the problem is with the world? That there's too many things with the church. Can I tell you what's wrong with the church? There's too many things in the world that rob us of our emotions. Because, see, we really, honestly, we communicate with God and worship with our emotions. And when things rob us of our emotions, when we come into the church after our emotions are robbed, we don't have anything left to give to Him. That's why we've got to be careful how much entertainment we take in. I used to absolutely go crazy over, I love the 49ers, man, the Chicago Bulls, and I'd go crazy. And I remember being so ecstatic, and I'd stay up, and I, then they'd lose. And I'd go to bed depressed. And then this mor- the morning when I got up on Sunday morning, I didn't feel like doing anything. I didn't feel like giving anything to God. And the problem is, is that the world has robbed us of our emotions so we don't have anything left to give to God. But if I recall that the Bible says that we are to give our first fruits, not just our giving, not just the money, not just our time, but of our worship. I don't want to worship anything else. I don't want to give to my uh, to anything else but to God. And if I can sure dance for the devil back in the day, and I can headbang with all the druggies and all that, then I can sure juke and jive when I come to church and dance before the Lord. God is looking. He is seeking after people to give to them, give to him worship. In Luke nineteen five through ten, the Bible give the account of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. And he he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when he when they saw it, they mur- they all murmured about Jesus, saying that he was gone. To, to be the guest of a man that is a sinner. We want his attention. But Jesus, listen to me, Jesus left for one man. Everybody else just wanted his attention. Everybody else just wanted to take from him and to receive something from him. They had the... The, the stingy mentality. But Zacchaeus, he was so desperate that he, in a, in a public place, he just wanted to see Jesus because he knew if he could see Jesus that everything was all right. So that short little dude, he clawed his way up a sycamore tree and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. He wanted to give of himself. He wanted to give away. He knew that he was wrong. He was through taken from people any longer. Can I tell you what God is looking for in the church? Is people that is ready to give back. God is sick and tired of people that just take. 
And you would know it as well as I. we got people that come. And I know people need deliverance and stuff. But we got the same old people. Brother, we, we talked about it a thousand times. got the same people that come up. They want to constantly take. What about giving sometimes? What about, what about instead of saying, Oh, I'm depressed. I need you to speak a good word. Why don't you give to somebody else and walk up to somebody and say, I'm praying for you. I love you. I know that I, even though I may be going through a rough time and, a, and down in my life, I want to give back to you. That's who God lifts up. That's, Jesus went to his house. He left everybody else that was pulling on him. And he said, hold on. Here's a guy that wants to give back. Here's a guy that wants to give me praise and not take it for themselves. Oh, I can stop right there and just preach for the rest of the time on that. Too many people that that put themselves on a pedestal. They think they deserve everything. Oh, it's about me. And that's a stinking society that we live in. It's all about them. They take, they take and they take and take until the system's broke and there's nothing else to take from. What about giving back? Oh, I'm going to need some bodyguards before I walk out of here. Wow. So Jesus... Uh, Says to Zacchaeus, student said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. He didn't just take back what he had taken or give back what he had taken. He said, Let me go uh, four steps uh, beyond that and give four times what I have taken. So God, whatever you've given me. I know we can't. I know we could never give back what we what he deserves, God. But whatever you've given me, I worship you. I, I just want to give. I just want to give back to you. And how many times have we come to church and lifted our hands when we just when our minds and hearts are somewhere else? Well, I I done my duty. I ran around and danced and all that. Yeah, but you weren't thinking about him. You were thinking about well, if I can get an altar call quick and. Get the preacher, so the preacher can't preach, we can get to KFC quicker. I've been in this 30, almost 37 years. I know how people think. I've heard him say it. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to his, this house, for as much as, as he also is the son of Abraham, for the, the son of man is come to seek and save that which was lost. That's who God is seeking after people that are broken, that are willing to give of themselves. And we read in John four nineteen through 23 of the woman at the well, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. What was Jesus really addressing here? Listen, listen to what he was saying. He was addressing... He was addressing uh, traditionalized worship. Listen to what he said. He said, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. They were arguing, in a way, about where the proper place and the proper way to worship. One, They said, The fathers should worship here, and you're saying the, 
that we should worship in Jerusalem. Jesus, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me that the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. And then he gave her credit. He said, You're worshiping. You worship. But that's not good enough. You're worshiping through tradition. You're worshiping because your father's worshiped in this mountain. And you're doing it out of obligation. And look at your life. It's dismantled. You've got all kinds of problems. He said, ye worship, ye know not what. You're worshiping, I give you credit for it, but you don't even know who you're worshiping. You're doing it out of obligation. You're doing it out of tradition. You're, you're doing it because that's the thing to do. I just That just tells me that there should be in the right intentions or intent to worship. When I worship, I, when I dance, I don't dance to, to see how long I can dance, to see how good a shape I'm in, or I don't run because I want to try to beat somebody around the church, or I don't lift my hands or give in the offering plate because I want somebody to look at me and say, oh, he's, he's, a, he's a, a, a spiritual man. I want to give to him and, and, and focus on him. Worship is not just actions, but it's mentally. Because somebody can go through the... Um, through the motions, and still be wrong. We don't see it. Maybe somebody that's got uh, the, uh, the word of wisdom and, and, and understanding can and under, see what, and understand what you're doing, but God looks down in your heart and says, well, he's just going through the actions. And he doesn't live there. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people and people that don't praise and worship God with their whole heart and in truth and spirit. He don't dwell there. He walks away from it. He said, uh, "He said, ye know not what you worship. We know what we worship." He's saying, "We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews." He didn't discredit her, discredit her worship. He just questioned her understanding of worship. God wants to give us a great understanding of what true worship is. Some people, some people aren't going to dance like Brother Tony up here, or Sister. Uh, uh, Robin, some people aren't going to express themselves like. People express themselves in a different way. But I promise you, when you truly worship God, you will express your way in some fashion. You won't sit there and go, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking of worship. I'm thinking about it. When somebody gives you a gift, you don't stand there and look at him and go, oh, he knows I'm thankful. If somebody walks up and gives you a blessing of $100 that you didn't have and you needed to pay a bill, you don't just stand there and go, He knows. A smile's not good enough. And, and really, in all reality, saying thank you is not good enough. But it is, it is an expression of what you have received it is, it is showing that God, you honor Him. And that's what I was talking about. I didn't want to get ahead of myself. God doesn't need us to tell Him that He is worthy. He doesn't need it. He already knows it. He, he, he's not, he doesn't feel inferior. He don't see somebody that that has a nice car and go, man, I'm intimidated by him. He's not intimidated by none of us. 
He built you. He built your brain. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you. He's not. He, he, he is, and he doesn't need somebody telling him, saying, oh, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best, like we need. The, the problem is we've got, uh, we, we got a, mis, a bad misunderstanding of worship. Worship doesn't bring us to God's level. It brings Him to us. It is an avenue that we're clearing things out in our own life. You hear me? When we truly worship God, worship His sacrifice, when we start throwing things away and getting rid of things, we start preparing avenues so God can get to us. It's not worship isn't well, He needs pumped up and he, he accepts us like, like a club, like a good old country club and says, Oh, you're accepted. We're not good enough. We'll never be good enough. He said our righteousness is as filthy rags so that you can be the best person that you can be and it still would not make you good enough. But when you worship God, you begin to clear things. You personally begin to say, okay, I'm getting this out of the way and I'm getting this out of the way. Okay, God, you have easy access to, my, to, to me. I need you. So when we dance, God, I love you. I thank you. I, I'm, I'm getting rid of myself. Pride. That's why we dance and, and laugh and goof off. I mean, you, you people, you some of you folks, you've seen it. Most of y'all seen drunk people, right? Why do they act like that? And otherwise, when they didn't drink, they wouldn't act like that. Because that liquor or drugs lets their pride down. They don't have any pride anymore. You've seen them staggering around. They'll do whatever. Not even, I don't even want to go into some of the stuff I've seen. But pride is a, is a wall that we have built. But when we worship God... We go beyond ourselves and say, okay, God, I need you by me. But God doesn't want anything to do with pride. So when we begin to worship God and we become broken, whether you dance, whether you run, whether you shout, whether you weep, whether you come to the altar and express yourself, God, I love you. I, I need you, God. That is an act of humility. And in otherwise, God will not have anything to do with somebody that's prideful. So when we begin to understand what true worship is and say, you know what, I'm tired of, of just of, of, of not of, of being in this corners here and having walls built up, I'm getting rid of them. I'm shaking them off. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. We, we want to worship God after the fact, after we get blessings. Paul and Silas were chained to a wall. They were chained to a wall. They had been beaten beyond all recognition. They were bloody. Clothes ripped, hungry, destitute. Nobody cared that they were in there. And they said, well, what else? What, what can we do? They begin to sing. And they begin to praise. And they begin to worship. And because of that, it was an avenue that God could take to them. Because the Bible says God inhabits the praise. He's attracted to it. Oh my, I wish you could understand what I'm saying. He is attracted to it. It's like a magnet. 
So the walls begin to shake and the chains begin to fall. You want chains to fall off in your life and you want to clear up depression and get rid of it once and for all, you learn to worship through the bad times. You want to get rid of, uh, uh, of, of problems that you've been carrying around with a long time and you want to get rid of the chains that have bound you, that men have chained you down and you feel insecure about yourself and has tried to control your life. You, are you sick and tired of dealing with that? You prepare an access road for God to come in and say, okay, I'm taking away it all. All the junk and the trash that you've been dealing with of past pain and unforgiveness. You, when you truly worship God, God is looking for men and women to worship Him. Amen? Man, I didn't even get halfway done. Oh, I, 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 I want to I, I want I, I want people to understand that it's more than just going through motions. It's more than just feeling the obligation to come to church to, to stand and pray around around, the, around this this place. And, and, and I want to let you know that there's some people that don't come and join us, but I want you to know you're welcome to come up here and pray. You don't realize when you stand united with people and worship, united, what it really truly does for this church and yourself. You need us. Can I tell you that? You need our prayers. You need our worship. Case in point, if we didn't have the praise team, praise leaders up here praising God and worshiping God, and we just walked in and we sit here, what, what would happen? We rely on somebody else's worship. We don't worship because they're worshiping. We feed off of that. And when we begin to partake in that worship, it just grows and people are filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it creates avenue for God to get to us. I've got another two hours I, I've got here, but I'm not because you guys want to get back to your stale turkey. I, I, I want to I get rid of pride, the things that keep us down. You may be, I want you to stand. I, I want to get rid of those things. I, I want to break for, uh, free of those things. I, I, I just want to, I, I want to get past those things. I'm, I'm sick and tired of carrying guilt sick and tired of those things and relying on hopefully good things can happen so I can feel good enough to worship I'm going to tell you something you're going to feel bad a lot of times more than you're going to feel good and if you start basing on whether you worship God on how you feel we're, we're in serious trouble because there are people right now in this place that are going through times tribulations and sicknesses and diseases and things that there's a brother here tonight that, or this morning that has, has a mass between his heart and his lung. Brother Scott, I don't want to embarrass you, but that man's here this morning. He is here. And I, I just want to be able to, I, I want to be able to go through, if, if I'm going through those things, I want to be able to stand and say, you know what, I know I'm going through this junk, but I, I'm going to worship regardless. I'm going to press forward. That's when God blesses. It took a woman. I bring her, this woman up again. But 
the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. 12 years she dealt with an issue. Whatever your issue is this morning, uh, it, it, every, everybody's difference is different. But we still all have issues. And she dealt with an issue for 12 years. And she clawed her way. People stepping on her hands. She was so weak she couldn't hardly hold her head up. And she was at her last resort. And she was trying to get to Jesus. She was going to worship Him. She said, if I could only just touch the Him him of his garment just just touching what made jesus stop when everybody was shoving him around and clawing at him and i mean just just knocking him around and she didn't even touch him she said if i can just get to the hem of his garment if i can just get to the train that filled the temple if you will that's what the a train is it's the hem his train filled the temple. I read that in the scripture today. And she grabbed, and all of a sudden he stopped. And it, it paralyzed him. He, and he felt virtue. He didn't give any, listen to me, he didn't give any uh, word to say this virtue is going to leave my body. He didn't, he didn't give it a right to leave. He didn't speak the word, and it left. Her desire and worship and her perseverance, clawing her way just to touch the end of his clothes, he said, I'm attracted to that. And the world could have been falling apart around Jesus. And he stopped and he said, hold on. Everything's going on hold. You don't have a need, you just want. You don't have a, a, a desire, you just, you're in it for yourself. But this lady, not your. This, this person has a need and she's desperate. He's desperate. And she just had enough faith. If I could just touch the... I don't even have to face him. Oh, I, I don't have to even have a, a conversation with him. My faith is strong enough and I believe my worship is going to catapult me out of this place. Nothing else works. It's 12 years she spent. She was spent. She didn't have no money. I can't pay you, Jesus. It doesn't matter. Just touch the hem of my garment. I'm attracted to that. That's what Jesus is attracted to. He is attracted to worshipers. And He is after people to worship Him. You want a revival church? You have a worshiping church. This church, I've had a lot of people ask me, say, what have, how have you grown a church in the middle of Spencer of this magnitude? And there's people in churches that are 40 years, they can't, even grow, they can't grow a church. No offense to them. And I'll tell you why I believe. Because our pastor is a worshiping pastor. He has taught us worship. And this church is the most worshiping church. I have preached, when I haven't preached as, as much as most, a lot of people in places, but I've been to places where it was like a stinking funeral home. You were out of place. You were out of style. You were out of date when you worship. Go to rallies and stuff. We don't worship. We're too pride. That's the problem. Let's get rid of our pride, okay? Let's worship God tonight. Let's come early. Uh, I, is there praise team at 4.30, no, no choir. Let's come early uh, worshiping God, expecting God to do something. If you have to claw your way here, every devil in hell tries to keep you come. You, you get here and you touch the hem of his garment. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. God, we thank you for the gift of worship. God, we pray right now that you would inhabit the praises of your people. God, I pray that you would let every bit of pride drop from us. God, help us to lift up your name because that's what you deserve. 
God, bring us back at the point of time. Keep us safe. God, let us have revival, a true apostolic outpouring of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, you may be dismissed.